You're listening to the On the Go with VAO news podcast for the week ending December 9th, 2016. Hello and welcome to the podcast, a weekly recap of the top headlines from the Daily Acquisition News. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran. And I'm Brittany Shapiro, and we're coming to you from the Virtual Acquisition Office. Good news! Two long weekends back-to-back in January. Martin Luther King Day won't be the only federal holiday for you lucky folks located in the Inauguration Day area. You will also get Friday, January 20th off of work. A December 2nd memo from Acting Office of Personnel Management Director Beth Cobert says feds in Washington, D.C., Montgomery and Prince George's Counties, Maryland, Arlington and Fairfax Counties, Virginia, and the cities of Alexandria and Falls Church, Virginia will all get the day off. The same goes for teleworking employees. Unfortunately for the rest of us, it'll be a workday as usual. The General Services Administration added a new offering to IT Schedule 70 on its acquisition gateway, the Adobe Best-in-Class Data-Centric Security and Electronic Signature Solution. GSA says this Adobe offering will help agencies meet a number of IT and cybersecurity-related federal policy recommendations and requirements. The next round of Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act scorecards from the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee are in and no one has yet received an A. The committee did give a B-plus to the Departments of Commerce, Interior and Veterans Affairs, the Social Security Administration, Environmental Protection Agency, and General Services Administration. Honorable mention also goes to the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, which went from an F to a C-plus. Not so promising, however, five of the 24 rated agencies received a D, and one agency's grade dropped to an F. The Government Accountability Office reports agencies are doing better with their IT acquisitions and operations and have collectively implemented roughly 46% of the 800-some recommendations GAO made in that area between fiscal 2010 and 2015. However, more work needs to be done to consolidate data centers, more accurately rate the risks of their IT investments on OMB's public-facing IT dashboard, and get their arms around delivering incremental functionality on their IT projects every six months. The House this week approved legislation that would make a pilot program permanent that expands whistleblower protections to federal grantees, subgrantees, and personal services contractors who report waste, fraud, or abuse involving federal funds. That pilot is set to expire this month. The bill would also prohibit contractors from being reimbursed for legal fees while defending against retaliation claims by whistleblowers. The Senate approved the bill in June, so the measure is now cleared for the White House. The Office of Federal Procurement Policy wants feedback on a draft memorandum that would help agencies assess if a contractor is taking adequate steps to meet its anti-trafficking responsibilities under the Federal Acquisition Regulation. Particularly, comments are welcome on best practices, mitigating steps, and any information that would help a contracting officer determine, number one, if a contractor who reports a trafficking incident has taken reasonable action, or number two, if a prospective contractor is able to address trafficking challenges, especially when an agency is planning an acquisition in a high-risk trafficking environment. Comments for this will be accepted until January 9th. 
Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy Director Claire Grady released guidance on December 1st, reminding contracting officers they need to evaluate performance and contract type risk under DOD-weighted guidelines provided in the DFARS. The guidelines state that contracting officers must consider the impact of the prime contractor's cost control efforts and the risk the contractor assumes in performing specific contract actions and assessing a fair fee. The guidance was prompted by Office of Inspector General findings that some contracting officers were not properly assessing costs associated with work performed at DOD depots, which is quite low risk, and thus could potentially have lower profit and fees negotiated. DPAP also released a class deviation, effective December 1st, implementing the final November FAR rule that requires contractors to engage in technical discussions with DOD before they generate independent research and development, or IRND, costs. Contractors will need to meet with a technical or operations DOD employee in their fiscal year 2017 to chat about their research plans and obtain feedback, and then record that they had the meeting and with whom via an online form that will go to the Defense Technical Information Center. The whole before costs are incurred part of the previously mentioned final rule, though, are not in strict effect just yet in fiscal 2017. The DPAP memo does specify that. That's to allow contractors to phase in processes for handling these meetings regularly first. DOD, GSA, and NASA have proposed amending the FAR to implement Section 1331 of the Small Business Jobs Act and provide a government-wide policy addressing partial set-asides and reserves and setting aside orders for small business concerns under multiple award contracts. The rule would also clarify agencies and small business contractors' responsibilities regarding performance of work requirements. This is a big, long rule, over 20 pages long, with lots of uh, specifications in there, so do have a look, and if you have any input to share, comments are due by February 6th. NASA has proposed amending its FAR supplement to add the option to use additional contract periods of performance or as a non-monetary incentive for contractors. The agency could consider the extra award terms when a contractor's sustained performance is superior, the government has an ongoing need for the requirement, funds are available, and a long-term relationship between the government and a contractor, that's basically five or more years, would provide benefits to both parties. Comments on the proposed rule are due by February 7th. And with that, we wrap it up. That's all for this week. If you're a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the headlines we covered on the same VAO page where you downloaded this podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again on Friday, December 16th to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.